to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. We are joined today by Cameron and our guest Leonard. How are you guys doing today? Not bad. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Yeah, uh, good morning to Leonard and really late night or super early morning to Cameron. Yeah, it, it counts as morning. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so this episode, it's, um, it's part two of our Dark Souls coverage. Um, we're still taking a look at Dark Souls 1. And we have us a bit of news here. Um, the Dark Souls board game that uh, went out on Kickstarter last year uh, has started shipping. And so the, the fervor on the internet uh, has been kicking back up. Uh, did either of you guys back this game? Uh, I didn't myself, um, mostly because I just didn't have money at the time, but I'm looking forward to the retail release in, I think it's late May. Yes, I believe that's, I believe that's correct. Yeah, I I think, uh, the, the last big memo, um, that was sent out from the Kickstarter, uh, already had a lot of the add-ons and the miniatures, um, either, they should be coming up on sale on their website as well. So that'll be, yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, we'll to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I, I, I backed this, but I just did it the lowest tier. Um, it's it's There's a lot of miniatures, a lot of stuff that comes in the box, but I wasn't prepared to throw down like 700 US dollars on the whole set. Yeah, it was a bit <laughs> expensive at the high is. Yeah. But it looks it looks pretty neat. Uh, a few of the guys, um, Patty Stardust has been kind of doing little previews um, on his Twitter. So the the figures are a little bigger than I anticipated, which is a good thing. I was afraid they'd be super small. Yeah, yeah they also they also seem to, they also seem to have a, a nice level of detail on them that I appreciate as well. Yeah, definitely. Like I've seen some uh, of the close-up shots, even like the um, the basic silver knights and hollows and stuff look pretty nicely detailed. And the bosses are oof, really, really nice. Yeah, um, I know uh, at Revitar uh, of We're Not Wizards um, was kind of tossing around ideas um, maybe for a, a podcast special on... Uh, kind of covering the board game once everyone who's playing it has a, had a chance to play it. So that'll be neat. Um, I think that's kind of it for the, to cover the, the board game. Um, so Leonard, uh, last time Matt and Cameron and myself uh, each kind of talked about uh, where we came into the Soul series and uh, maybe kind of what brought us there in the first place. Uh How'd that go for you? Um, well, I uh, first discovered the Soul series through Demon Souls, which I haven't played, but I used to uh, frequent a number of gaming websites, uh, and there were periodic articles about this crazy Japanese game, Demon Soul, um, and. It talked about uh, the uh, online functionality of being invaded by somebody else. And I was like, oh, that's 
interesting and kind of cool. And uh, as the Demon Souls wiki started to grow, I would periodically uh, jump onto it and look at look at things, look at bosses, and I was like, oh, this is really kind of interesting, like fr- freshish take on like dark fantasy and i was like man i really wish i wanted to play anything other than this on a ps3 because maybe i would buy one but uh that wasn't the case and then uh <laughs> dark souls was announced and it was multi-platform and i had a 360 and i said yes i will be buying this because i just saw a trailer where there's a giant wolf with a great sword in its mouth. And that's just silly enough for me to completely become invested in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the first trailer of the dark souls was pretty cool. And like you said, had Sif and that drew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Not sure. And the gaping dragon. I'm also sure that's <laughs> um, still one of the strongest designs in the series. <laughs> Uh, definitely. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get to that later. <laughs> so, um, Leonard, for the other games, which ones have you played? Uh, I've played Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, and Bloodborne. So the whole the whole run uh, other than um, Demon Souls? Yes. And um, of the lot, you know, do you have a particular favorite? Uh, Dark Souls 1 is still my favorite because it's my first Souls game. As as a game that I would go back to repeatedly, it has to be Bloodborne. Um, uh, Bloodborne's just like a perfect storm of everything that I kind of love mixed with the gameplay of a Souls game even though it's tweaked just a little faster. It's 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 souls, but it's also a character action game, and I love character action games, so Bloodborne is my go-to for a Souls game that I just uh can go back to endlessly. Yeah, I mean it has a very considered aesthetic and um I, I think that's probably the same for me. Uh, for the other Souls games, I came in at um, number two, and just I think because of that, uh, that's still my favorite. Even though I might like attributes or other things um, about the other games more, um, that just has that nostalgia factor. But uh, yeah, Bloodborne's definitely up there, and I would not be opposed to something else um, in that vein. Uh, should FromSoft go in that direction? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, should we get into it then? Let's uh, take a look at some of these monsters here. So uh, I'll I'll start us out, and my my pick for this uh, episode is the skeleton babies found in the tomb of the giants. Um, these guys. Wow, I. It's just I did not expect this particular enemy. Um, that's even after like the the strange dissonance that the uh, the, 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 the the wheeled the skeleton. Wow, just forgot their name. Uh, 
hmm. that yeah, they caused, yeah. basically. Um, you're just so you get you walk in and see like these you know giant dog skeletons, and you go, where are they gonna go? Where are they gonna surprise me with next? Because that was just out of the blue, and they did little baby skeletons crawling out of the muck just <laughs> I just did not know didn't expect it and <laughs> I, I don't even think i tried to fight him i think i just ran i'm like yeah no <laughs> a continuation of our nope <laughs> adventures yeah <laughs> um so uh leonard how'd you find the the skeleton babies um, I actually didn't notice them the first time I entered that room because I was really concerned with uh, the three pinwheels that were dancing around, shooting fireballs at me. And it wasn't until I went to attack them that I, I said, oh, look at these little baby skeletons. Just that's that's cute and kind of sad and then one of them hit me and started inflicting me with toxic and I was like oh oh I have to get rid of you I can't have you around no 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 <laughs> yeah they are um they're vicious little things <laughs> um I ran away from them personally uh I forget which weapon I was using when I first went in there but I just couldn't hit them uh the hitbox was too weird yeah, I, I did. What was I using? Um, I may have been using like one of the great swords or something, or a um, club, something that had an overhead smash, so it was hitting them. I just <laughs> just preferred to run. Um, on subsequent playthroughs, I I did kind of try to clear them out a little bit, um, mostly because they were just disturbing, and I just didn't want to see them crawling around. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah you know um you, you talked about the um the multiple pinwheels in that arena and um i i think i thought of them more of as a non entity because pinwheel as a boss form was just such a like a cakewalk I was like, oh, this is just a mob version. It's not even going to be any stronger. Uh, and then you get smacked in the back with a giant magic orb <laughs> <laughs> and i think the 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 bonfire um run to uh nito isn't particularly short so that was more if i clear i can clear out the enemies and not worry about it or just kind of suicide run for that boss door right um i didn't really have much else to to say about them other than disturbing creepy babies <laughs> and so um Cameron what's uh what's your enemy that you've decided to go with uh well if anyone listened to last week's episode I'm pretty sure I lamented uh forgetting entirely about one of my most favorite enemies in Dark Souls 1 which is the mushroom parent uh these guys are found in the dark root garden and the great hollow and it's basically a bloody big mushroom just wandering around with stubby little legs and stubby little arms. Uh, but the best thing about them is if you just stand still and let them come to you, they will floor you with the biggest punch I've seen in a game. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Those, yeah. um, they became a meme, I think <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Yeah. They really did. There's a really great gif out there of someone doing the, um, well, what is it gesture? And then just getting absolutely floored by one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah how would you uh, Leonard 
uh, about the mushroom uh, parents? Um, the mushroom parents, uh, I first encountered them in Dark Root on my uh, way over to Sif. Uh, but I actually encountered the children first, and I was like, oh, look at these little cute squeaking mushroom things just running around. And then I saw the parent, and I was like, oh, well, the little mushroom ones don't seem to be all that hostile. I'm going to walk up to this one and see what's going on and immediately get one shot with a mushroom parent punch. <laughs> oh, that's too perfect. That's really good. <laughs> mushroom parent punch. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same thing. I came into Dark Root on that area anyway, um, from the side path, uh, when you go through like the giant howling cats and mm-hmm. and not directly through um uh, Alvina. Is that Alvina? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So not not okay. through that path. So I think I ran into like the little children that are just kind of walking in the line and I was like, what are they? They're not hostile. What is going on? And then you see like this little pond with three of the, um, two or three of the mushroom parents just chilling there. And there's an item in the middle. I don't think I ever got that item because <laughs> I didn't want to get punched <laughs> in the face. Fair enough. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that item is like the magic ember or the greater magic ember. It's it's one of the magic infusion embers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I probably must have made a run for it or something because I think I had all the embers. But I know on the first time I was like, eh, it's probably some souls or something I don't need. <laughs> Even though it's guarded by two or three large formidable foes. Like the the most yeah. like not <laughs> visibly threatening enemies in the game, other than they're huge. Yeah, uh, they have one single clue that they're dangerous, and that is if you look closely at them, they have bloodied fists. <laughs> I did not yep. know that. The, the more you know, it was too dark. I didn't see. Uh yeah, any any I think I think we kind of covered those guys. Anything else? Any notable other features? They are really dopey looking. Mushroom <laughs> parents are really, really dopey looking. I think that also adds to that sense of they're not dangerous the first time because they just look simple and dull and dumb and it isn't until they get up to you and give you that sock in the face that you realize that you actually have to take them seriously. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They've got such short, stubby arms as well. You don't think they can even reach you. And then they just mm-hmm. sort of stumble forwards and <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll move on a little bit. Um, Leonard, uh, what's your, what's your pick? Uh, ah, I am going with the, Ghosts of New Londo. Um, every, 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 I think almost everybody who's played Dark Souls 1 has the New Londo experience of finding the elevator down to New Londo, seeing all the passive, sad hollows making their way across that wooden bridge, and then encountering your first ghost and you're like oh hey this game has ghosts in it i wouldn't have guessed um and 
swinging, missing, and then getting grabbed by that stretchy arm grab that they do, and then just having them repeatedly shank you (laughs) until you're dead. (laughs) Yep, that was my experience exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love I love the I love the ghosts of of New Londo because they they are unlike anything else in the game. They're these sad, incorporeal, very feminine looking. They're very slight. They and they don't look dangerous, but they do so much damage and because you can't attack them immediately they become like this actually like really scary thing yeah yeah definitely yeah and i I think um speaking to that uh there's a few weapons in the game that'll allow you to attack them but otherwise you're relying on transient curse which is like a limited item so you're trying to run through the area or at least make use of that that item uh and hoping it doesn't run out when you're like surrounded by five ghosts right oh, or you could or you could always head to the to to the depths and let a basilisk curse you and then try to do new londo with half health <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think I was able to avoid that particular fate um, somehow. Uh, but I did happen upon the, uh, I want to say it's like the serrated knife uh, that the ghosts, I don't know if they drop it or it's found um, in New Londo. But that, that weapon is one of the few that can um, hit them without needing mm-hmm. to be cursed. Um, yeah, so I mean, that enemy itself, uh, not only is in is it, disparate from all the other ones but it um they go through walls they're not limited to like a 2d sort of plane they they have ac- access to x and y axis z i guess too so they can just kind of come at you from wherever and that that makes that a little bit of a chore to get through the area yeah but they use it really really well as well you know there'll be spots where you see an item just down a corridor and you walk down the corridor you look left and you look right and there are no ghosts and then you get grabbed from the ceiling mm-hmm. yeah or they come out of the floor i mean it's great no i um i think that that encounter design uh was done really well um so when you when you encountered the or this like the new Londo area, um, Leonard, what was your what was your critical path coming out of um, the undead asylum? Uh, I went okay. So I land at Firelink Shrine. I uh, talk to the crestfallen uh, warrior. I hit the crestfallen warrior. I proceed to get killed by the Crestfallen Warrior five times. I restart my game. And then I get back to Firelink Shrine. I attempt to go into the graveyard. Uh, that's a no-go. And then I make my way to New Londo, uh, find that that's a no-go. And then I eventually see the staircase up to the Undead Parish. Yeah, I think I... I- pretty much did the same thing um i 
think I missed the graveyard, and I want to say I got to Fire Link, and I was like, oh, look, stairs. <laughs> That's got to be the way to go, right? <laughs> and um, I know on my first playthrough, I want to say I, I, I rolled the, with the master key, so I ended up not knowing that that key just opened everything. I was like, oh, it's just a key, right? So mm-hmm. I went to New Londo, and then I was like, this is not the quite, it's not, this is not right. Um, oh, look, another door. <laughs> Let's go down this thing. And, oh, um, it's full of dragons. So <laughs> the, the first the first go was rough. Uh, I'll say that much. How about yourself, Cameron? Uh, yeah, I actually did that exact same thing as well. Um, I remember my first playthrough, I think I started with a thief because high dexterity sounded fun. And I was like, I'm a thief. I've got a master key for free. I'm pretty sure is. Yeah, Thief starts with a master key, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. And so I was like, uh, I looked up and like, that's a thin path up a cliff. I'm not going up there. I'll go down these nice sturdy stairs. Look, there's a nice sturdy elevator. You know, it's pretty chill down there. There's just hollows lying around, sort of tanning in the underground lake. <laughs> um, and yeah, I uh, got beat up by the ghosts found the path into Valley of the Drakes, and I actually made my way to Blight Town. It's like my first area for a bit, and that was pretty bad. Yeah, I, th- I think the big, the bigger issue is going to New Londo first. They didn't utterly make it like a, a, a roadblock. There's a, you know, the single, I think, transient curse you can find. So you're like, oh, this must just allow me to fight the ghosts for like a minute <laughs> right <laughs> then, then i was yeah. like running around going where's the where's more of this item this is ridiculous uh, anything else uh on our our specter buddies uh i also just want to bring up the fact that there are actually two uh there uh there's a variant of the of the basic knife wielding ghost there's also the uh uh what I refer to as the Banshee, which is the ghost holding the, uh, holding her dead baby and screaming. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, it, uh, aside from just being, uh, uh, unnerved by having an enemy scream at you, just, uh, getting up close and realizing that she's just swaddling this dead infant was, uh, kind of uh shocking in a way that I wasn't expecting from Dark Souls. It um was very humanizing for a second. Uh if that's the proper word. It's just it's sad. New Londo starts off as God, I hate these ghosts. And then you pick up on these little details and you realize, wow, this place is sad and they're just stuck here forever. Yeah, and that's that's not even getting into one, what what happens once you you know drain the water. Yeah, yeah it's uh, the whole place is really evocative, and I think it's one of my more favorite, at least visually um, designed settings in uh, Dark Souls, the first one anyway. Agreed. All right, um, I guess it's back to me. So my next. This point of discussion is the our, our friends, the giant mosquitoes that uh, infest the lower area of Blight Town. Um, 
what a pain. Uh, <laughs> and I think the worst <laughs> part is they're, they remind me of like Will-O-Wisp or a corpse light. Um, when you, when you get to the, the bottom of blight town after making your way down all that scaffolding, there's the, I guess it's a, it's a crag spider. There's a larger like lava looking spider. And then off in the distance, you see like just a little glowing dot and it just gets closer and then you can hear you can hear its wings and i don't i what was i using i'm just using like a a short sword or something that was not hitting them and um i may or may not have had a bow or just i've been out of arrows at the time um so yeah at range they you, you know you're getting like two or three of them tracking you um but uh yeah just a pain and at first it's like oh it's well, you know, what is it what's coming toward me just use that little light out there and uh i was hoping it would just stay out there in the distance it's like ah it's poison swamp i don't really want to go out into there <laughs> be <laughs> pestered by these bugs uh and then i think um Patty's doing his one bro right now, and he was uh, throwing down some tips of uh, using the the throwing daggers at the mosquitoes. That would have been helpful to know too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. How about you guys? Uh, how did you find those mosquitoes? I'm pretty sure that the first time that I encountered them, when I made my way uh, to the swamp of Blight Town. I said, "Oh, mosquitoes! Like, what? What are? What's? What are they gonna do?" And I was, uh, they they stabbed me, and I said, "Yep, that sounds about right." And then they started splashing blood, poison blood on me, and I was like, "Yeah, this is no good." And so I tried killing them, and then more respond, and I killed them, more respond, and I said, "Oh." They're just going to respawn forever, so I will just move on. Let them catch me if they can, but I'm not wasting any more time killing them. <laughs> yeah, I um, I used all my arrows. I had 300 arrows left after getting the Drake Sword. <laughs> I used all of Yeah, I think um, on subsequent runs, or maybe I came back later and had combustion or something. So when they got close, I just lit them up. A little bit easier than hucking fireballs into the darkness. (laughs) All right. um, Covered those guys. Uh, Cameron, what's your second uh, pick? Uh, Well, continuing with our Blight Town theme, my second pick is the Infested Barbarian. Uh, otherwise known as the uh, the big the big crappy looking ogres <laughs> that are all over <laughs> that place. Um, so I, I like these guys for a couple of reasons. Uh, they come in. We've got two variants. We've got the ones with the clubs, and we've got the ones with the boulders. Um, I initially thought of the ones with the boulders when I made this pick, but uh, so the ones with the clubs are uh, they're big, they're strong, they've got a lot of HP for when you get to Light Town normally. Um, but they do some some interesting animations. They they have this roar that they keep 
looping a lot where they just kind of shake themselves at you, hold the club back and actually don't attack. Like they're trying to fend you off. And then the bolder ones are just fantastic because they roll these giant sort of, I'm not sure what they're made of, like clay and rock mashed together boulders at you and occasionally huck them and then pick another one up and run back sort of wheeling it at you. They're just a lot of fun to watch and run past. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I did was I just pretty much ran past them. They're on that, that hill uh, up to Quaylog, so it's... Like, ah, I don't really want to mess with him if I stay really far to this corner or doesn't aggro him. <laughs> but then you get poisoned, so. Yeah. <laughs> Any particular thoughts on the uh on the Blight Town Giants, Leonard? Yeah, uh uh came in through uh, the uh, main entrance after fighting the gaping dragon and uh, made my way down to the scaffolding and encountered my first one. He came charging at me and he let out his roar and I held my ground and he took a swing at me and swiped me off the scaffolding and I said, oh, these guys... (laughs) aren't a joke and this doesn't seem like it's going to be fun and so I proceeded to uh, (laughs) head down partway through the scaffolding and just unload like 30 arrows into its head from (laughs) the first one's head from on top just to to get that one out of the way only to be uh, waylaid by a second one uh, immediately after her touching down again. <laughs> um, the, yeah, they're, they are a, they're a roadblock when you first encounter them. If you're, if you're leveling as, as normal, but like they hit like a truck and, and they are tough boys. They are toughies. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Uh, and, and like you mentioned, um, even if you're blocking, if they hit you, they tend to slide you around a bit, which mm-hmm. is uh, no good. No good on some of those thin scaffoldings. Yeah, and I um, they they put them, you know, of course, strategically placed uh, guarding items and the sort of back area of the the lower part of the swamp, and that. I don't remember. If I, I think I just Benny Hilled him. I just ran around and tried to grab stuff and not get smashed, <laughs> or wait for like kind of like bait an attack out and then run past and hope they didn't take a second swing. Good times. <laughs> uh, right, that brings us to Leonard's second pick. Oh boy, it's everybody's favorite, everybody's favorite Dark Souls monster. It is the Mimic. <laughs> Yay. Uh, and, uh, oh, honestly, I think probably the first monster that anyone who's played a Souls game thinks of is is the Mimic. Because, man, that is... A fantastic mimic design. Um, so you encounter the mimic in Sin's Fortress after so many traps, traps and snake men and pendulums and nonsense, and you uh, 
run past the boulder trap and you run into a room and you see a treasure chest. And I said, yes, treasure, because I'm greedy. <laughs> and I opened it up and these hands <laughs> popped out and I was dead. And I was like, oh, this game has mimics in it? There was a lot of, oh, this game has moments for me during my initial playthrough <laughs> of Dark Souls. So I make my way back and I'm like, okay, you mimic, yeah, you mimic bastard. I'm gonna, gonna hit you. And I hit him and arms came out and then it stood up and I said, oh, this thing's terrifying and I don't want to <laughs> fight it in this tiny room. And then it grabbed me and killed me again. That was my, that was my first mimic story. First of at least 25 mimic stories. Yeah, and I um I think that even most of the encounters are pretty memorable up until uh you start being provided uh with ways to kind of counter the mimic with the um the Lloyd's talisman. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or the maybe the dual charm. I don't remember which one of them puts him to sleep. But uh, it's yeah, the, the, yeah it's the Lloyd's. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I think design-wise, I mean, they're iconic. They've they've been sort of a trope uh, for dungeon crawls and uh, other RPGs over the years. Um, this take, since they're mobile, was probably the most frightening. I mean, they just come right mm-hmm. at you, and they're far larger than you. So again, you get that just that dissonance where it's like, oh, it's a small chest. Nope, it's like twice my height. Great. And they can <laughs> kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have some amazing attack animations. <laughs> All the big roundhouse kicks and stuff. I, I'm actually particularly a big fan of the very silly but incredibly animated just one-legged kick. The football punt yeah. is is yes. is my is my favorite mimic kick because it is it's it's really goofy. It's really goofy looking to have this super horrific, gigantic, chest-headed monster just kind of Charlie Brown kick you in an attempt to murder <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah, um, and they have a lot of general like detail put into them as well like uh so the way you're meant to tell it's a mimic is there's every chest has a little chain and um i forget the rhyme that i heard somewhere but basically if the chain's folding back you're okay but if the chain's pointing forward you should you should leave the chest alone um yeah it's like uh, chain but you can also just mimic within yeah 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 i think that's it something like that uh but you can also just watch the chest and after a little while, it'll start breathing. <laughs> or if you're very lucky, it might stretch because it's just sleepy and kind of bored of being in the same position all the time. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's also really really fantastic. Just like it because it makes it fair. It makes it feel like you're not getting that if if you're lazy and you're not uh, you're not using your senses. You'll get caught, but if you just take a little time to look at it, you'll realize pretty easily that you're dealing with a mimic. And I I love it because it is really, really fair. 
Yeah, yeah. The first one's always going to get you, but after that, if you get got, it's your fault. Yeah, and um, I mean, they over the series, they, they change uh, some of the, like, I guess, versions. So we get the mimics that kind of crawl upside down, which is also unnerving. And Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that those are just like, oh, don't chase me, please. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, they're 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 great, and uh, this one in particular uh, that we encounter has um, this has the lightning demon spear, I believe. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, so, I think it's just the lightning spear, the, maybe. It, it yeah, it's a regular spear with lightning. But uh, yeah, I definitely it was a hard one prize that i used for a little while traded out my uber drake sword for <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean as far as their design goes and um sense fortress on a whole uh what's nice about dark souls one is there's not a lot of areas that kind of pressure you nothing's really trying to hurry you through and then um even sense fortress which is full of traps doesn't doesn't really want you to run through it gives you you know little breather moments to um, check your environment and so um which is how we avoid the uh spiked elevator trap i mean there's blood all over it so there's little cues uh they're they're present and i think that they they made the space around that first mimic calm enough that you could in theory you know take your time and see that it's breathing or something, but that's yeah. who does that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the chest is a little weirdly placed, like it's at an odd angle, but apart from that, chests are safe. Yeah. Chests are full of good things. <laughs> <laughs> like human fingers, like bony human fingers and a giant tongue. That's the good thing yep. that these chests have. Yeah. And um, I mean, they become a hat, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh yes, that symbol of avarice is my favorite helmet. I'm pretty sure. All right, anything else on the mimics? No, I think that's about it. I I love them. They're great. They are fantastic, iconic Dark Souls monsters. Yep, couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's one that I wouldn't mind seeing on a T-shirt, which I'm sure there are. All right, um, moving on, I'll go with my my last pick for uh, our Monsters of Dark Souls 1, the uh, Egg Carriers, which we uh, we encounter these guys right after um, that hill of uh, the infested barbarians um, in Blighttown uh, on the way to um, Kralog. So it's a kind of a precursor to a boss fight, uh, and they're just they're horrifying so i guess to set the stage there you run across these figures in almost like a fetal position they're just on the ground i don't i don't think they're even wearing any clothes um and their backs are riddled with these huge pustules that are the same mass as like another person um they're they're not aggressive. They're just kind of sitting there. But um, I think the way that, especially the last area in most of this game goes, is you're sort of conditioned. To, That's not an NPC. 
smack it, you know, <laughs> hit it with something <laughs> before it gets you. And um, in doing so, um, you're you're kind of punished because these guys, when they when they die, they release out those maggots. And yeah, 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 it's equally or more disturbing than just looking at them, sort of sitting there and. It's yeah, they're a disgusting enemy. <laughs> I think them just because it's so it's different again um, than most of the enemies you've encountered up to then. Like they just have just sort of cr- you know crouching there, um, and even when they do um, become aggressive, there's like maybe two aggressive ones later. Uh, they don't they don't move very fast. They just sort of scuttle after you, and yeah, um, yeah, they. Uh, they can inflict a. Do they bite you? I think the little maggot comes out and bites you. But yeah, um, if the maggots get you, if the maggots get you enough times, you too become one of these egg carriers. At least your head does, and it's disgusting. It is fantastic. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I mean, I I did it enough. I think it, I remember it takes forever. It's like a hundred attacks or something, and then eventually, or no, you. You get infested, and then I think it absorbs the souls that you are supposed to get. Uh, it's I think it's no. You get infested, and then it absorbs fifty percent of the souls you take, and it yeah. needs something like ten thousand or twenty thousand. I think. Yeah, it takes a Some while. Ridiculous number. But it um the the larva within it matures and bursts out the top, and that becomes your like attack. It's it's pretty neat. Um disgusting but like again so completely unlike anything else um that you could expect in the game yeah and it's ridiculously detailed as well like um like like you said it replaces your uh kick with like a maggot attack thing but in the lead up while your souls are being absorbed there's a clue because every now and again your character will scratch at their head as if something's growing there yeah, and it was that, that that was like ah, do I want to finish you know getting this weapon? But kept going on, and I was like, just stop scratching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, what, what do you think about these guys, Leonard? Um, yeah, they're great. They're really sad and pathetic. They uh, they uh, really kind of um help establish uh the the fair lady and her own sickness uh i actually have a story about that uh my first legitimate run through dark souls one i chose a pyromancer and i never learned any pyromancies my entire first run because i inadvertently killed every single pyromancer trainer that i (laughs) ran across i uh yeah, I killed. <laughs> I uh, I forget his name. Uh, in the depths, who you're supposed um, to save from the butcher? Oh, Laurentius. Yes, I uh, didn't roll. I attacked, so he became hostile, and I had to murder him. I found <laughs> the uh, I found uh, the the hidden room to the fair lady, and I saw Ng, and I was like, oh, one of those gross air, egg carrier things. I'm just going to murder it before it has a chance to attack me. And I did. And then realized that I probably murdered an NPC. And so 
my entire first run of Dark Souls as a pyromancer, I never learned any pyromancies because I inadvertently murdered all of my trainers. Wow. But, <laughs> but yeah, I NG uh uh was like the third Ed carrier that I saw and I had attacked one on the way to uh uh Quaylog and had the worms come out and I was like, Yeah, no, not gonna deal with that. I'm just gonna try to get rid of all the ones that I can see that might be hostile. Because I don't know why I thought NG looked hostile. There was just <laughs> something about, there was just something about him that seemed different. He was looking right at me as soon as that illusory wall <laughs> disappeared. I was like, ah. And yeah, the egg carriers are great. They're they're really sad. They're really pathetic. They give you a parasite. They're really kind of fantastic enemies that are just like lower rung things that do something cool if you let them actually attack you. Yeah, I mean, um, discovering like a lot, a lot of this stuff, discovering a little hidden things. Uh, personally, I found a lot of it through um, the wikis and uh, lore videos. Um, but I got to imagine that those first whoever first found that stuff, it's just like, it's great. I mean, why would you sit there and, oh, I'm scratching my head and I guess I just need to get more souls. I mean, who thinks of that? (laughs) It's fantastic. (laughs) And it's that sort of super obscure stuff that makes Dark Souls 1 great, I reckon. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's those little lasting things. Um you know, that, that's part of why I wanted to cover this part is uh, kind of getting these anecdotes and um, sort of sort of giving a place to these um, these creatures um, and the various enemies uh, as an experience, not not just a thing that you um, encounter and as a one off or something, you know, um, they're all they're all pretty iconic in their own way. Um, so Cameron, uh, it's your, your go for your number three. Uh, yeah, my number three has actually been very briefly mentioned already. Uh, it is the great feline of the dark root garden. Um, you mentioned earlier the, the big angry cats, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So these guys are, they're unique and they don't respawn. If I remember correctly, there's only three of them. Uh, but basically, if you take a different path through uh, Dark Root Garden, you'll come across sort of a little open plateau with a little ledge overlooking it. Um, and there are just these three enormous cats up there. And, you know, they'll jump down and then they will uh, they will roll at you at high at high speeds, uh, which I'm just realizing is a theme for a lot of the enemies I like from Dark Souls 1. It's the, uh, the rolling ones, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no it's really great it's this massive massive cat it's like the size of a small van and it just curls up rolls at you and then it stops after it hits you maybe or it runs into a wall and then it gets better because its mouth is ridiculously sort of long and massive and just opens super wide uh almost snake-like really um and so they're really interesting design you know they're they take something familiar, a cat, and they make it sort of big and brawny and have a really weird mouth and move really weirdly. And it just really stuck with me for some reason. They're very interesting. 
to how, how did you find your encounter with these guys the, um, the first time, Cameron? Uh, I died horribly, and then I died horribly again, and then I went and I bought 300 more arrows because I'd used them all fighting the uh, mosquitoes in Blighttown. <laughs> <laughs> and I took my time. <laughs> and after about 10, 15 minutes, I think I finished off the last one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I was trying to bait them into rolling into the trees. Um, I might have had one of the Black Knight shields. So, something that was had pretty good stability. And they, I think it stopped them from mowing me over with the roll at least once. Get a couple hits in and then run away. <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to fight them head on. That even, even better when the second one jumps off the cliff. It's like, oh, wait, there's two. Great. Yeah, uh, what about you, Leonard? What were your thoughts on these uh, these big cats? Oh, man, I I don't like these things at all. I mean, their designs are great, but I just remember encountering them the first time. What is that? Is that like a tanuki with a giant mouth? What? Uh, <laughs> just like, I'm like, and then it, 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 Sonic spin dashes right into me, and I'm just like, oh, no. No, I don't want to have this fight. Not with with this thing. And so I poke it a little, I poke it a little, and then I get spin-dashed from behind by the other one. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave you, you, you kitty cats here for right now because I don't want to deal with you and I'll come back later. And so after I put the last... Lord Soul in the vessel. I came back to Darkrood and took care of the cats right before beating <laughs> the game because I really didn't want to deal with them until like the last possible moment. Wow, that bad, huh? <laughs> yeah, I I think it's just I I their movement, their movement options opposed to yours as a player just makes that encounter like really not fun for me. Like even less fun than dealing with a bunch of bone wheels. Like I, they move so fast that it's hard to manage your stamina and keep track of them and actually do any damage without take, like just being murdered outright. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll agree with that. They're not, they're not there for a fair fight. I think. You got to cow it out like I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean the, the the little area that they're in is a very small little platform, and then a sort of a little bit of uh, land rise uh, behind it. But they're dark. The area is dark. It's nighttime. It's yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> but they look cool. Yes, they do look cool. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, so Leonard, your your last pick of the day. Yes, that would be uh, the Picasso from the Duke's Archives. Go on. <laughs> I don't remember which one that is, actually. Uh, so. Those are, uh, I believe they're the only normal enemy in the game that actually gets a cutscene. They're the little horrific squid uh, monsters that are released oh. when, yes, when yeah, uh, yeah. when you wake up uh, after your first meeting with uh, Seath the Scaleless. 
Um, I think one of the things that really cements them as this, like one of many things that makes them really, really fascinating is the fact that they actually get a cutscene introduction as, as just a normal monster. And also they're just gross. They are just the, some of the grossest, like, like, hey, guess what? Did did you did you think that there wasn't any bloodborne in your Dark Souls before Bloodborne? <laughs> take a look at take a look at the these. They're just nothing but sadness and tentacles. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh I mean there's even the two non hostile ones that just kind of cry in the corner, aren't there? As yep. far as sadness goes. You go you oh you uh you get down there and you You've you've murdered you've murdered like seven of them, and you find two that are non-hostile. And if you're a jerk like I am, you murder them, and you see that they drop those miracles, and you're like, "Oh, I've been murdering sad, kidnapped maidens that this monster dragon has been experimenting on. I'm a bad person." <laughs> that's okay you already killed all the npcs so <laughs> i yeah. yeah i uh yeah i had a real problem uh killing people my first run in dark souls yeah my, mine wasn't quite so bad i got a couple but you got you got them all by the sounds of it <laughs> he's uh running his money python skit <laughs> 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 Gotta save the the princess. Oh, it's a prince. <laughs> but yeah, I think they're they're just uh, aside from just the what you discover about them, the fact that they're introduced in the cutscene, they're so alien and weird, and they are super threatening at first because you've got the you've got the music being played and they're slithering up and you have snake men who are running from them it's it's a really uh, like interesting encounter setup for enemies that ultimately aren't that difficult but they really make you believe that these things are horrible and you don't want to deal with them yeah yeah uh, they're also a little bit of a Demon Souls callback, although I can't blame you for not knowing that. Um, Tower of Latria has the sort of the squid-headed guards that do the exact same grab attack, where you get, pardon me, where you get picked up and spiked. Oh yes, yes, the 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 not mind flayer, mind flayers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you can't sue us; it's not called a mind flare. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that whole encounter. Um, no, it's it's pretty. It's a nice set piece, and I wasn't sure if I was more scared of that the stupid uh, alarm sound or mm-hmm. the monsters at the bottom. I'm like, I is it? Are they making that? No, that's the guy with the little. Uh, he's turning the wheel, and it's, it was it was ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> uh, that that whole area. Mm-hmm kicking snake men off ladders that was snakes and ladders that's that's what that part's called that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the episode title yeah I, I was about to say that there we go um yeah i uh i don't think i have anything else to say about those guys uh how about you all set uh yeah seems seems about it to me 
All right. Um, well, then we'll we'll move on to our trio of uh, bosses. Uh, I'll I'll start it off. So my pick for this was the the good old centipede demon. This was a this was a great fight or a ridiculous one. Um, basically, you're you know you're battling this giant monster on a field of lava. So as as if the the huge centipede beast isn't enough, let's make everything on fire. It'll be great. And <laughs> um, if you you know go, go into this fight and you're not summoning anyone. Um, Every like I think I I maybe have summoned Solaire and he just ran off into the lava and died. I don't <laughs> please like, don't run off into the lava. <laughs> what are you doing? But um, if if you can make a you know a hop skip and a jump on the uh, right side of the arena, uh, it it opens up and there's a sort of a platform um, gives you some space to fight. And uh, I lucked out into cutting off his tail like right in the beginning so um he, he drops the uh it's a, the name of the ring it's the able to uh, walk on lava ring the orange child ring <laughs> yeah that one <laughs> <laughs> and um if you're if you're quick enough you can equip that uh you know providing you know that it um lessens the damage damage of lava by like 90 percent or something um Makes the fight a little bit easier. Uh, or uh, if you're super lucky, um, the demon can jump on the wall and glitch himself out of the arena, which uh, my, my brother had happen, and it was great. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he just dropped off the map. We're like, okay, yep, that, well, that's, that fight's done. Great. <laughs> <laughs> anticlimactic actually both both bosses in that area um can, can be done the same way <laughs> the first boss just because he he'll, he'll oh yeah stretch yeah, yeah. forth his mighty arm and you give him a little flick and he'll just fall right down it's good it, it's <laughs> it it's kind of appropriate since the centipede demon is is the result of that first boss's incompetence oh yeah yeah yeah, and um, it's one of the the bosses you can see um, as you go into the level. You kind of just see him chilling on the wall, mm-hmm. so that's kind of neat. You can you, you're you can kind of read the encounter before it happens, or psych yourself out even more in in certain cases. I'm like, what is that thing? How it's too big? You just stay over there. I'm not going to bug you. But that doesn't, you know, of course, <laughs> turn out so well. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's it's a fun fight. How how did you guys fare on that one? Um, personally, uh, I think okay. So I think the boss is very well designed, but the arena needs a little more uh, space and a little less lava for it to really shine. Uh, the first time I fought it, I got pushed into the lava. Uh, the second time I fought it, I rolled into the lava. The third time I fought it, I got pushed into the lava again. And the fourth time I found the path around to the right side where there was actually space to fight it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it was fun sort of figuring out where I would die and where I would not die. Um, but I know the boss has mechanics that a lot of people just don't see because, you know, like you said, you can cut off 
its tail or its various limbs and they'll become enemies on the ground and if you cut the right one off you'll get the ring of lava walking um which is very handy and it'll eventually grow those limbs back as well but you hardly ever see any of that because what you see is a pair of legs kind of just landing on you and then lava (laughs) yeah i think that that's one one thing to consider is this boss fight it's one of the the few where the camera ends up being the battle more than the boss um i think i ended up just seeing a bunch of centipede underbelly for most of the fight <laughs> yeah that sounds about right <laughs> yeah i remember i remember i i found i think i died maybe three times before i found the side of the arena where there was actually room and i was just in under underbelly town that underbelly town with r1 spam that entire fight and i was just like i couldn't make anything out except for like a talon here or there and a head and then it was over and i was like well that was a fight (laughs) yeah one and done (laughs) all right um and cameron it's your turn uh Yes, yes, it is indeed. Um, I I took my pick from the DLC as far as bosses go. Um, and following my trend of I like I like big dragony things. I've chosen Calamit, uh, the black dragon of destruction and annihilation, and all those beautiful things. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, so Calamit's a big black dragon. Um, is it meant to be an ancient dragon? I can't remember correctly right now i i think so it's i don't know my lore's shaky (laughs) yeah yeah me too as far as uh, the dlc especially um but uh what i really like so it's it's a black dragon you know typical four legs two wings a tail and a head kind of dragon um and it's sort of in this dark reddish black but it has just this one central glowing red eye uh, which really draws attention to its sort of head and all the horns and really makes it stand out and also gives it an absolutely fantastic looking grab attack where he just sort of psychically lifts you into the air and inflicts some kind of curse on you. Uh, you get like a little red dot over your head and uh, you actually take double damage while that's up, which is horrific in that fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I chose him primarily because uh a, I like dragons, but B, he makes a really good impression throughout the DLC. Like, he'll land on a little bridge early on, so you get a glimpse at him and then fly off. Uh, and then you could find his arena a bit later on, but he's able to fly. And so he just kind of carpet bombs you with these black and yellow flames. And you try and you try and you try because there's loot down there. You can see, like, items. There's a, there's a slab and a chest behind the waterfall, I think. Um, and eventually you give up and you go through the DLC and you find Goth, Hawkeye Goth, one of the, uh, the four knights of Gwyn, just up in his tower and you talk to him about Calamite and he's like, oh, I'll take care of that. You get this great cutscene where Calamite gets shot out of the sky and now you get to do the boss fight, which is, um, tough <laughs> to put it bluntly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of the, the few. Um, I I didn't finish the uh, Artorias DLC, so I still have Calamite 
uh and Manus waiting there for me and they can they can go wait there for a little while <laughs> not in any hurry <laughs> um but yeah I did uh, I did do the first encounter and I don't at the time think I knew about the um Hawkeye golf thing so I just thought that that was the boss fight and I was like yeah I'm not doing this he's just flying <laughs> around and I can't hit him and then he one shots me with a barrage of fire it's, this is this is crap you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, there's actually a developer note somewhere in the arena. It's ridiculous because, pardon me, forgot the button again. Um, the arena is this sort of long valley um, with a cliff at the far end. You can run through the fire to almost the end of the valley. There will be a developer note saying something along the lines of, if only I had a Hawkeye or something. Um, and that's meant to be your clue to go talk to him. <laughs> Uh, I don't see how you could get to it though. If uh, he was just kind of flying and carpet bombing, <laughs> yeah, it was. I I walked into there. You, know, you come out of that. Um, I don't know if you go down a ladder or you, you come into the little valley, and uh, you could see him there. He just kind of did one strafe run, and I was dead. And I was like, okay, that's yeah. No, this isn't fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, if I recall correctly, I believe that you can either fight him when he can still fly or shoot him down yourself with a great bow, and Goth will compliment you on that uh, once you actually defeat Calmate. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, actually. That's pretty cool. Um, But yes, uh, as far as its design, it is... It is really, really striking with the that single cyclopic eye and just the head shape because its mouth, its mouth beak is so narrow and pronounced. It is a an extremely sinister looking dragon. Like you have your dragons that look like giant lizards or your Chinese wish dragons or so on and so forth, but Calamite looks like a an evil dragon. Um, yeah. And it's yeah. it's great. Mm. And even the name is a play on um, Calamity. As you find out, if you manage to beat him, you get um, the Calamity Ring, which is, mm-hmm. hey, you beat the hardest, one of the hardest bosses in Dark Souls 1, have a ring that makes you take double damage. Right. <laughs> oh, Calamity Ring. Oh, Oh, you trolly rings. <laughs> yep. Uh, so if there's nothing else on Calamite, uh, we're good there? Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, so, Leonard, your, uh, your boss choice. Yes, I am going with Dark Sun Gwendolyn. Uh, yes, because you kill all the NPCs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, how ironic. Um... Yeah, uh, man, everything about Dark Sun Gwendolyn is is really, really fascinating uh, to me. I uh, I didn't initially kill Guinevere, but I thought at one point, well, she doesn't really say anything. She doesn't really do anything. If I shoot her, I'll just go to 
the Oswald and absolve myself if I make her angry. I just want to know. I just, I just, I just want to know what happens. Like, does she say anything? And then she exploded, and I was, and and the sky went dark, and I said, "Oh, I did, I did a bad, huh?" And uh, then I uh, had to murder the uh, Dark Moon Nidus. So yep. there was that. <laughs> and uh and some um some uh NPC normal human NPCs in uh in Anorlando and then I went down to the tomb of the king and made my way to Gwendolyn and I I love I love the stage. I think it's fantastic. Even even if you can get to the end, that that image of this endless hallway is just really, really fantastic. And of course, it makes sense that it's an illusion since that's what Gwendolyn does. Yeah, so let's talk let's talk about his um appearance. Um it's pretty again striking. I mean he has snakes for legs. And and yes, yeah, snakes for legs, uh this this very pure white white and gold trim uh cloak and this crown mask this mask crown that really evokes the sun and it, he's yeah it's a he's a very striking figure and um he's just he's a range attacker which is also really great he fires moonlight arrows at you from his bow he fires this energy blast that goes through pillars and really ticks everybody off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, and this entire boss fight, you're just running at him and hoping to hit him like two or three times before he vanishes like a mile farther down the hallway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the hallway stuff, like you said, it looks great. Uh, you do a lot of running. My uh, my thumb was getting a bit tired, sort of holding down. Uh, so <laughs> just to keep sprinting. Um, yeah, I I really like Gwendolyn because he's super duper important law wise because uh, he's a member of the royal family. He's Gwyn's youngest child. Uh, he was raised as a daughter because he had the power of the moon, but because this is Anor Londo and the sun is everything, we don't talk about the moon. We call him the dark sun, because why not? Right. <laughs> Gwen, Gwen, what is that? Uh, we've decided... I can imagine Seath coming to when I named this thing the moon. Mm, moon. Moon doesn't sound like sun. Let's call it a dark sun. <laughs> it's it, the um, sun that comes out at night. It's dark. No, it reminds me of um the the Bloodborne wikis for a few weeks after the initial release. Uh, they refer to the uh, late afternoon, early evening time stage of the game as the bright moon stage. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's the sun. Sunset happens. It's okay. It's, it's no, not all moon. <laughs> no, it's been the it's it's the moon the entire game. There's never any sun unless you get there <laughs> one ending. Yeah, it's always the night of the hunt. <laughs> well uh yeah we'll uh we'll get into that in a, in a later episode it'll be great 
Oh, yes. Okay, um, anything else on uh, good old Dark Sun Gwendolyn? Uh, Dark Sun Gwendolyn's really, really sad, and then his story only gets sadder later on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have a, a super great ending, does he? Um, he does not. <laughs> no, a lot, a, lot, a lot of these people don't, unfortunately. Uh, but that's that's part and parcel of the a draw of the series, I think. That we, you know, we get these, yep. these arcs, and they generally, I mean, don't always end well. Um, there's a lot of pathos and stuff, but uh, that's, I don't know, that's kind of why I was playing it. I mean, you can be in a bad mood or not having a great day, and then just go mow down some ghosts. <laughs> the only the only per the only person in Dark Souls who gets a happy ending is Andre. Uh, yeah, that's kind of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> All right. Um so for this episode we got uh we got some uh listener responses. That's great. Uh um put a a question out on Twitter and seeing if we can get uh people's um favorite uh monsters and or or boss creatures um from dark souls one and we we got a couple back in so our our first one is from uh at patty stardust uh, one half of the twin humanities uh and he he put forth the titanite <laughs> demon um so I'll go with the first encounter. Um, you meet this guy uh, right beneath uh, Andre, actually, or, you know, just to the left. However you want to orient that. <laughs> <laughs> so he's between Andre and the Dark Root Garden. And um, again, just one of those massive enemies. Um, this, uh, for anyone that hasn't played Dark Souls, <laughs> it's a it's a giant headless and one-legged statue. It's missing, I think, an arm yeah, and a leg and a head. Or maybe it has both arms. Uh, Does he have two arms? Uh, I don't even know arms. anymore. Yeah, he's both crawling with one and he has a staff in the other. So he's missing one leg and his head. But um, the, the way it looks like it's carved um, is the head may have just never been there in the first place. There's uh, the sort of Titanite runes um, on the completely clean-shaven uh, neck. Um, so so this guy, yeah, he's a, he is one of those gatekeepers. I mean, I think figuratively and literally. Um, you can sort of juke around him, but if you're attempt or if you're uh, determined to, to beat this guy uh, right off the bat, it's not a good time. Um, pretty much <laughs> any of the large sweeping swings with the staff that'll one shot you and then he shoots lightning and that's just fun for everybody yeah yeah he's also ridiculously physically tough like he has insane physical damage reduction so uh it's pretty hard to wear down yeah it's just chip damage i mean you're not you're not really um doing a whole lot uh, but I, I think it's a, like, it's a, it's a, again, it's a nice set piece. You go into this, um, like sort of interstitial area. And I think at first, I mean, he's moving around, but you could go in there and he's just facing away from you and just looks like 
um, a, a, a stat, just a plain statue. There's um, a few of these toppled um, and crumbled columns um, that are littering the arena, uh, which become, I think, in turn um, barriers against the lightning, but also impediments to trying to just run right past. I I know I ran into and got stuck on like the geometry a couple times, just trying to get past this guy and see what was the what was on the other side of the door behind him. <laughs> yeah. How, how did uh, Cameron? How did you find that encounter? Uh, well, this this Titan Knight Demon specifically, the one there next to the Darkwood Garden, is um like an old friend at this point. I've never killed him, and I know some something about a good Dark Souls run is sort of just dodging by him through the dark route, dodging by him back to Andre and back and forth and back and forth until I've got, you know, a nice upgraded weapon. And I, I know it wouldn't feel the same if he wasn't there, so I've just never tried to kill him after the first couple of playthroughs. <laughs> uh, but the first encounter was, yeah, pretty striking. You know, you walk down and then suddenly something starts shooting lightning bolts at you and it's this big statue made of metal effectively and you go close and it jumps at you and it sweeps around you go okay no no i'm going to leave gonna leave you be to the dark root garden you know let let me go (laughs) (laughs) how about yourself leonard oh man so the tide night demon is is really really fascinating uh the the dark root encounter is really fascinating to me for one reason and it is the proximity between it and a really important NPC. It really kind of signposts that as soon as you're away from like an NPC or somebody that is valuable, like it, you don't get like 15 feet of breathing room. You're back in it and you need to, you need to be ready to be back in it. And that's what that the Titanite demon represents to me. Like it's it's such a striking image, so close to what you thought was safety that you're like, oh, there's really kind of no safety here. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna give me any room to breathe once I'm out of a place where it wouldn't be a good idea to have enemies. Um <laughs> And yeah, the like my first encounter, it just murdered me. I tried my shoot it with arrows trick because that was my 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 trick, my first playthrough, and it only partially worked. And then I had to fumbly finish him off with whatever short sword I was using, and I got rid of him. And I was like, Ah, Andre, you're safe. You can leave now. You're free. You can. See the world, and you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to build weapons here anymore because this horrible monster that's been keeping you here is gone. But of course, <laughs> he didn't leave, and I went to Dark Root Garden. And I think the 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 best part about uh, finally being the Titanite Demon is I walk to walk into the Dark Root Garden. I get the title card. I go forward a little. The demonic foliage runs up to me and grabs me and murders me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Matt will be happy to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
but yeah, that's I I really like the Titanite demons, even though they're really a pain to take out. Yeah, so uh, there you go, Patty. There's our take on the Titanite demon. Um, Cameron, why don't you take the uh, next uh, prompt? Yep, yep. <clears throat> Our next submission is from uh, Richard uh, from at We're Not Wizards, who I believe we mentioned right at the start of the podcast about the uh, they do a board game podcast, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Richard submitted the Gaping Dragon. Lucky me, I get to do another dragon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so the Gaping Dragon is actually a boss from the base game. Uh, you encounter him at the end of the depths, just before Blight Town. Um, and I really, really love this this boss sort of design-wise. It's a fun fight as well. Uh, I mentioned it last episode as well when I talked about channelers because there's a channeler overlooking this boss fight and he can buff the boss and he can shoot spells down and it's a good time. <clears throat> but the gaping dragon itself is one of the ancient dragons that gorged itself to uh, excess and so sprouted a giant mouth made out of its own rib cage. Um, it's it's a very cool design. It's sort of this long sl- it's it's like you start with a long, slender, almost snake like dragon. It's got six wings, a whole bunch of legs, and then you sort of fold it backwards at a ninety degree angle and sort of pull the rib cage open and turn it into teeth. <laughs> and uh, it it looks horrific and weird, and it moves in an interesting way again. Uh, it's got a lot of interesting sort of attack animations. Um, and your first encounter with it is you get a cutscene where this little crocodile-style head sort of peeks <laughs> up over an edge. And then here comes the dragon. It sort of crawls its way up, and you see the entire thing. And it is massive. It's absolutely huge. It's got this big open arena and everything. Uh, it's very impressive to look at. It's very uh, sort of unsettling to look at because of the way its body sort of moves and is sort of stretched to fit its new mouth and everything. I really, really like it. What do you guys think? Oh, I was going to say, I, uh, uh, in regards to the, that introduction cutscene that it gets, I think it's really fantastic um, for a simple reason, because so much of the promotional material for Dark Souls 1 was the gaping dragon, that when that that cutscene starts up and you see that little head come up, I'm like, oh, what boss is this? And then the reveal of, oh, it's that awful dragon <laughs> sideways mouth thing. Like it, it, you don't immediately get it until like that head slithers up and you realize it's attached to this giant horrible vertical maw. I I love the fact that even though it's something that we all saw leading up to to the the release of the game, that when we actually encounter it, it takes us a little while to be like, oh, that's the thing that I saw that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, same thing. Uh, it's a totally a case of uh, that that cutscene kicks in, and I I don't even think I saw the promotional material. I just kind of blind bought Dark Souls because I knew sort of what I was maybe getting into. Um, but yeah, that that cutscene kicks off, and I was just like, "Oh, hey, little guy!" And, oh, never mind. <laughs> He's not a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it looks so cute at the start of the cutscene, and then it yeah. is not. Yeah, then he's no, he's he's like the completely opposite of cute. You just no, no, never mind. I'm gonna can I I'm gonna run the other way now. Do I have to do this? Um, <laughs> but uh, well, what's also fun is this is one of the fights where you can summon um, both uh, Latrek and Solaire, and so that makes it a little bit more even, I guess. Other than in, <laughs> other than horribly increasing the uh, HP pool of the boss, that's always fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I think there was a lot of memes going around of Perry the Gaping Dragon, Latrek and Perry the Gaping Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's probably still on YouTube. You can you can find them. Oh, good times. All right, uh, that brings us to our next um, prompt. And Leonard, if you would be so kind. Yes, uh, from at Jeremy or at JG Greer from Mr. Jeremy Greer, he wants to know our thoughts about the Chaos Eaters from Lost Isolith. Uh, Chaos Eaters are really goofy looking and terrifying. They are unlike anything else in Lost Isleth. I think they might have been the only finished thing in Lost Isleth. <laughs> <laughs> because they they are th- okay. They are think of a upside down triangle where the top disc is just a mouth with a row of razor sharp teeth. They've got big, goofy tentacles and just slap a bunch of rareware googly eyes on the <laughs> side of them. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that's the Chaos Eaters. But the thing that make the, makes the Chaos Eaters really, really interesting is that they love to break your equipment. <laughs> oh, boy, do they. Uh, they spew acid at you that basically instantly breaks your equipment does their uh grab eating attack actually do equipment damage as well uh i, I think, think it so. does yeah 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 um and they are bastards they are the worst they are they <laughs> they are there they ex- they exist to ruin your day that's <laughs> they're they're not difficult they're 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 not particularly scary once you get over the initial shock. You angry that they exist. All right, Jeremy, did you hear that? You picked the worst monster. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I'm I'm a pretty big fan of them, apart from all the acid and equipment breakage. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm a pretty big Lovecraft fan, and these things look like they're straight out of, like, At the Mountains of Madness or something like that. Yeah. Um, and also, I think, if I'm remembering right, if you get a plunging attack on them, uh, it messes up, and you get all chewed up by the by the top head-mouth thing. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're jumping into a maw, so... Probably not the best idea. Um, I know I I only encountered it, but... uh, the first one on the stairs. Um, I I think I saw the pit with some of them in it. Um, of course, that means I didn't finish our uh, Dear Onion Bros quest. 
guess he died down there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a memorable encounter, if not terribly fun. Just made that run up to the boss annoying. He's like, I'll fight this guy again. And have him not <laughs> break my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on the Chaos Eater? I think we think we kind of covered him. Yeah, I think that's about it. All right. So uh, I'll take our uh, our next prompt. It's from uh, Stephen Veyu at Steps Veyu. Uh, sorry, buddy. I'll put you. I'll put it in the notes. Too hard to spell. Um, AKA he's been rolling with, uh, the, uh, avatar title, I guess, of, uh, old man, dark souls gets me every time. Good times. Um, so he, he's asking us about the basilisks <laughs> and we mentioned these a little bit earlier. Um, they, they have the, the penchant for spewing curse gas at you and they have the largest googly eyes in the game. Um, these guys are great. Uh, <laughs> oh, except they, yeah. <laughs> they, um, I think encounter wise, I mean, they're, they're, they're placed, um, in the, what's the depths and they're sort of at the bottom of various pitfalls, uh, little, little basilisk nests. You can, um, well, you can fall into them and get insta cursed. Um, which, as we we talked about, um, uh, halves your health, uh, and then each well, originally each successive um, cursing would again cut that in half until you could just have like one HP. It would just be ridiculous. You could just rolling <laughs> off of something could kill you at that point. You become uh, <laughs> you become uh, Geralt. Actually, <laughs> can't make any jumps. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, these guys, uh, they're, they're visually distinctive. They're large lizard-like buddies with, uh, huge, um, what turn out to be false eyes uh, on their heads and their, their actual eyes are much more proportionally sized above their little beak-like faces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're pretty fun. I mean, you basically just have to kind of circle strafe and not, uh, stay in the range of their breath and... You know, just take a whack at them. Um, not as fun when there's like five of them. Uh, they can pretty much clear out a whole room, just fill it with that curse gas. Uh, how about you guys? Uh, how, how was your encounters with these guys, uh, Cameron? Uh, well, first off, they are incredibly cute. At least for me, it's it's the big googly eyes that do it. <laughs> I think. Um, although they're, as you pointed out, not their actual eyes, um, which, which is pretty cool in itself. Um, I didn't actually encounter these guys in the depths first because I went the back way round into Blight Town and I actually found myself in the Great Hollow. Uh, so I went, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went down in there and there were some basilisks in there. There are also some very, very steep drops. Um, <laughs> And so they started spewing gas at me and I dodged out of a gas cloud and four or 500 feet. <laughs> um, 
uh, I, I didn't even know that it did uh, curse. I sort of just assumed, oh, building up a bar on my screen, it has to be bad. I'll dodge out of it. But uh, I did not have the room to do that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's put the curse guys on, uh, or an area effect weapon on, uh, like, the hardest platforming part of the game. Oh, yeah. Definitely a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Leonard? Uh, uh, how about yourself, Leonard? Oh, man. So I did encounter the Basilisk in the depths. Um, the depths really messed with me because um, because it's a sewer level. It, it's, that's, that's how that works. They want you in that sewer level as long as humanly possible so you can hate it to the maximum degree. Um, and so, uh, I didn't navigate, uh, one of the tunnels properly and missed, uh, one of those pitfall drops and fell into the, uh, basilisk nest, the area, uh, the area that has, was it like eight basilisks yeah. when you, when you land in there? Um, and, uh, I landed in there and I was like, oh, hey, I didn't do much damage. And I didn't see the basilisks immediately. Like they hadn't aggroed on me. And so I was looking around and I saw like my first cursed statue and was like, oh, that's weird. And then I swing the camera around and there are these hideous, gigantic, like rictusy, googly eyes. Rictusy <laughs> is not the right word. Uh, <laughs> googly eyes. And I lose it and I just start swinging and swinging and swinging. And I don't think I stopped like seriously swinging for like five minutes. And I've <laughs> somehow managed to end that encounter with the basilisk without getting cursed. Um, I, yeah, I somehow made it out of that encounter without actually getting cursed. Um, but yeah, they left a really big impression on me because those eyes really, really freaked me out. Um, because I just got startled with it when I like swung the camera around. So yeah, the basilisks always give me pause, but, um, Man, there's nothing like that first encounter when you just drop down and they all just swarm on you. <laughs> all right, there you go, uh, Stephen. There's our impressions on your uh, your basilisk buddies. And uh, Cameron, you're you're up next for the next to last question or prompt. Yeah. Um. So this one comes from Nick at uh, Strenuous Orb on Twitter. Um. And he wants to know about the Titanite Demon again, this time in Sen's Fortress. Um, so we've already discussed kind of what the Titanite Demon is. Um, but now it's Titanite Demons plural, because in Sen's Fortress, this lovely fun house of traps and mimics, uh, as we talked about a bit earlier, um, you can either fall or if you're actually good at navigating, unlike me, uh, <laughs> kind of climb your way down to the very bottom of the fortress. Um, and the entire thing is this sort of giant tar pit. You know, um, the ground sort of sticks to your feet. You move a lot slower. Your rolls recover less quickly. Uh, and this place is filled to bursting with 
or at least it feels like, filled to bursting with the uh, Titanite demons. I think there's maybe three or four. There's three, I believe. Yeah, it, it feels like a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's two more than you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I myself, the one and only time I've been down there, I had the uh, the great misfortune to fall down there, but somehow bounce off a bit of geometry and survive. Um, and then, uh, then began the great chase of God. What was it? 2013, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was basically me running from sort of side room to side room as the Titanite demon slowly sort of lumbered after me, shooting lightning, <laughs> and just making my day horrible in general. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's an interesting encounter. Uh, I don't know what it says about Sans Fortress that they've just got three Titanite demons locked in their basement. But uh, <laughs> what do you what do you guys think? Yeah, go ahead, Leonard. I'll uh, follow up. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. That is... It's mean. It's really mean what they do in that basement at Sin's Fortress with all that sticky floor and those three Titanite demons, which also have a much higher health pool than the one that you encounter at the entrance of Darkroot. And, oh, man, it's it's rough. And I don't think that any of the stuff down there is worth it, really. And, oh, unless you have, uh, what is it, the prisoner's uh, chain ring? Uh, is that? It's yeah. the rusted iron ring. Yeah, that's the one that one, weighs you down yeah. enough so it uh, negates any of that slowing that the tar water does. Right, you're like, yeah, you don't want to be down there unless you've got that equipped. Unless you're you're going down there specifically to kill some Titanite demons and get some um, upgrade materials, because that is it. It's a really rough encounter. Um, I it 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 almost feels like I would have preferred. A pitfall. I'm not. I'm not being serious about this, but I'd almost prefer a pitfall uh, where I know that once I hit it, I'm just going to die, as opposed to like this kind of like hopeful scenario that maybe I can get out of there before <laughs> I die. It just feel. It feels cruel. It feels like they're holding a carrot of survival out in front of you, and I'm like, oh, I can almost do it. Oh no, he did his jump, and he's he skewered me with his his staff. I guess I might want to try getting my souls if I feel like it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, personally, I only went down there. Um, I didn't. Uh, I found it naturally through the level rather than falling into it. Um, I had, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, the iron ring and probably the ring of fog or the slumbering dragon crest, something where I could just kind of make the run on purpose to farm, um, for, for their item drops. Uh, but it's just, yeah, that you, you get down there, you see the first guy, cause you can see him right when you get in there and you don't know that there's two other ones hiding around a corner, like these blind you know, dead end corners. So you go, Oh, maybe I killed the one guy. You're, you have that elation of defeating this, um, this tough enemy. If, if this is, if you're like lucky and didn't just run around first, um, aggroing all of them at once. 
Uh, but yeah, I just picked that one guy off and went around the corner. I'm like, oh no, there's another guy right there. And usually he hits me in the face with lightning, like first just out the gate. That's his move. And, uh, yeah, another one of those fights that, uh, it's not, and yeah, I guess it is not really worth it unless you're going for upgrade materials or you want to go visit the giant. I think you have to go through the stairs in the back. Yeah, right. I think so. But uh yeah, so that's uh that's our our Titanite demon uh for you, Nick. Um our last uh prompt came from uh our buddy Jake uh, at Jake Lionheart. Um he requests that we discuss the Capra demon, so I'll I'll give that a go. Um This again I think was one of those uh potential um stopping points, I think, for a lot of people. Um, meeting the first uh, Capra Demon as a boss and potentially just bouncing off the game um, for the first time. Uh, I I think I had a little bit of difficulty. It may have taken a few tries, but probably less than five um, to kind of take care of this guy. Uh, really, it's the arena you're fighting, not, not the Capra Demon. Um, and the two dogs, I guess. Wait, why are there dogs? Let's put a boss fight and put dogs in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess to set the stage, you're, you, you go through the fog wall and you're either you're harried by two dogs or if you're lucky, they got stuck behind a bush or something. Um, and then there's a, you're sort of like a little alleyway and there's a, a bit of stairs on the left that lead up to kind of a, a door but you can't go through there on his little platform and our our buddy the capra demon is uh rolling around on the, uh, the arena with his two huge machetes uh kind of waiting to carve himself a piece up of you um you can you can kind of sort of beat him with plunging attacks if he doesn't change up his movement pattern so i think i beat him i took care of the dogs ran up the stairs and I tried to do rinse repeat of him kind of falling off the stairs and I'd just jump onto him. But what usually ended up happening was I'd get to the platform maybe a little bit too soon. He'd run up the stairs and then just jump across and like land on me. And it's like kind of like one shot. So uh, eventually I managed to get the, the plunging attacks to work and um, he didn't make that jump, I think, once. So that, that finished him off. But... Um, yeah, apparently you can kind of cheese this boss from outside by throwing uh, good old dung pies and poisoning him. Seems, I don't know, that seemed pretty cheap to me, so I didn't want to invest in a bunch of poo to, to, to hunt the boss. <laughs> um, how about uh, how about yourself, uh, Leonard? Uh, yeah, so the Capra Damon was the first time that I almost bought, uh, bounced off of Dark Souls. Uh, it got to a point where it was, uh, 70% chance that I'd walk through that fog gate and, uh, die immediately. Uh, and then, uh, I finally managed to start getting a handful of runs where I was able to take out the dogs really, really quickly and just use the, yeah, use the old run up the stairs, uh, hope, uh, try to bait him into falling off, 
uh, plunge down on him and then hit him times and then run up the stairs. It's it's a it's a really it's a big cartoony fight. Um, once you kind of lock the AI into a pattern, um, and yeah, that boss room is is awful. Um, quite honestly, I don't know why anybody in uh, in Lower Undegberg cares that the Capra Demon's there because he clearly can't get out of that room because it's tiny. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave him alone, you know? Let him do his thing. Him yeah, he's... He's, dogs. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a little lost. He's made some dog companions. I'm sure they're like touching coming of age story him being up there he ran away from the bed of chaos because his mom didn't understand him it's... <laughs> yeah you're, uh, we'll, we'll make some headcanon for him okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, he really is a long way from home when you think about it uh, well he'd have to come up through up through um, demon runes through blight town through the depths, through most of the lower Undeadburg, <laughs> and then just kind of lock himself away in there for no apparent reason. <laughs> yeah, he was going on his uh, adventure, guys. You know, he wanted to ring the first bell. <laughs> <laughs> he was the chosen undead all along. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, that that yeah. was awful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, screw yeah. that. No, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I do like later on when you just encounter Capra demons, again, plural, like in uh, Demon Ruins and Lost Isolith kind of area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's one of those things that gives you that sense of progression. It's like, this thing was possibly one of the toughest things I did in the game, and now I'm killing three of them at a time because they are in my way. <laughs> kind of a sense of growing as a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think by that point, um, man, two hits, maybe three, like maybe two jumping attacks was enough to finish off uh, the um, the mob uh, Capra demons. But uh, yeah, no, I think that that's really cool. I like when they do, do that, um, not as much in the case with Pinwheel, but uh, kind of making <laughs> bosses those regular enemies, but they're to scale with where you've scaled up. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good feeling. Um, even if, uh, at first, I think at first sight, uh, I was like, <laughs> why are there three of them? You know, <laughs> but it, you re- it makes you realize how much those encounters and that enemies attack patterns are, um, reliant on, uh, the environment. Um, the, the, the jumps, basically put the capra demons um at a disadvantage because it's such a long um animation that you can get in those hits or just counter attack at that at that point versus how it is in the first uh the boss arena where it makes that jump and you just don't want to be anywhere near it because there's no room to you know sidestep really right yeah yeah all right. Um, well, any uh, any parting uh, thoughts on any of these uh, any of the guys we covered? I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job. <laughs> Agreed. 
All right. Well, we're getting a little long on the tooth here. Um, so we'll uh, kind of bring the episode to a close. Um, Leonard, it was great to have you on. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll do more, more guests in the future. And again, um, to extend some more invitations to you. Um, scheduling permitted um <laughs> yeah uh where can folks find you on the internet uh well they can find me on youtube by searching for dr faust is dead and if you are on twitter you can find me at dr faust is dead one word um and thank you thank you guys for having me on it was a lot of fun i love talking about dark souls monsters uh, good and bad, and uh, it was a real pleasure to be on. Great. Um, oh, tell us a little bit about your channel on YouTube. Ah, yes, I do. Uh, I'm currently uh, in the middle of doing a uh, lore play of Dark Souls 3, where I uh, go, uh, each episode is based around a specific area of Dark Souls 3 uh, through its natural progression. I started in the Cemetery of Ash, Farling Shrine. The last episode I released was based on the High Wall of Lothric. Uh, and it's just me examining and uh, doing uh, uh, a bit of my own headcanon lore uh, examination uh, as I play through Dark Souls 3. Well, great. Um, I took a look at a few of the videos and I saw some of your Bloodborne stuff. Um, it's put together really well. Um, you have a good uh, narrative going on. Um, so, yeah, listeners, um, give his stuff a uh, check it out. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and Cameron, where can we find you? Uh, you can, as always, find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. That's night without a K. Um, uh, I'm on there a lot. Feel free to uh, chat. Love to talk with people. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the community is pretty uh, open to that. And um, same thing goes for me. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at sentient underscore plus. Uh, I'll have the links um, in the show notes uh, for everyone to kind of check out. Uh, and I think that wraps us up for this episode. Um, and listeners will uh, hopefully hear from you a little bit more next time.